0: I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weidegger with the Weidegger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Today on episode 39, we have a special guest. Yes, we do an interview with Julie. Here you go.
1: A wonderful guest who is very near and dear to me. This is Julie Mathis with Heritage Hill Farm. Welcome today.
0: Thank you. And we are
1: chatting about sheep.
0: This is extra special
1: uh, because as you heard last week, we literally know nothing about sheep. So yes. we brought in the experts. Well, I don't know if I'm an expert, but <laughs>
2: they're more experts <laughs> than us. I've had sheep um in 20 years now. Yeah,
1: nope, that's way so... more knowledge than we have.
2: Okay, so what kind of sheep do you have? Well, I actually have Leicester Longwool and um, a Shetland, and I so I have a few crosses. The Leicester Longwool are a heritage breed, and they're an endangered breed, an, okay. endangered, an endangered breed of sheep. So um, there's less than 2,000 left in the world, okay. and so that's kind of why I ended up getting into it. Um, well, for the wool, but then I picked that breed of sheep because... Um, well, it was actually kind of funny, because I wanted sheep, and so I was looking at all these different breeds and researching all the different breeds, and they all have different characteristics, kind of like characteristics of dogs, Sure you know, sure. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back to these sheep, these Lester Longwolves, and my husband was like, Julie, there's, like, you pick one that they don't exist. Like, why don't you pick (laughs) a breed of sheep that, you know, we can find some somewhere? And then I ended up finding this woman in Wisconsin that was selling a small flock of seven, and I had X amount of money to invest in my sheep, and that was like exactly her asking price, and it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how I ended up with those, and so and yeah. they were happened to be the
1: breed you wanted,
2: and they were the ones that I wanted. Right, it's it was perfect. that breed. So so you started yeah.
1: with seven. What is the most that you think that you had at one time?
2: Um, a little over forty, probably. One year we had. I remember we had twenty-two lambs, and it was like
1: that was a lot crazy. A lot of babies. That was a
2: lot of babies. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, sheep are like fun though. They're, it's a really
1: good thing for a small like space. How much space do you think you need for all of that?
2: Well, you know, you
1: can probably figure
2: maybe about 10 sheep per acre. Okay. How Um, much space do you have? We have, we have six acres. Oh, okay. So for the sheep, We have, like, our chickens have about an acre and a half themselves. Um, The sheep have about three acres, not counting, like, the barns. Sure, okay. And then we put them in the sheep, in the chicken pastures, too, sometimes. And we have electric fences that we move around, and they graze our yard sometimes, too you know cut down on the lawn. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. For sure. So and sheep don't challenge fences the way like goats do and stuff like that. So it's a lot Uh, they're easier to manage. A lot easier to manage than goats.
1: Perfect.
2: So yeah. Okay,
1: so um in the last episode that we talked about and we briefly just now, um, there's different types of sheep that are like for hair. Is it different for like hair and wool sheep are different? And then Can you use them for meat? Like, is this a dual purpose breed that you specifically have? Or is it just kind of like, there's a lot to sheep, I don't know. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, right, I have, the Lester Long are dual purpose. Okay. So they were developed as a dual purpose. So basically, if you have hair sheep, they're they're not really good, because I'm a spinner, right? So the hair sheep isn't really good. For, you can spin it, but it, it doesn't work the same. Yeah. And though that is usually shed, so you'd have yeah. to go around and picking it up off the ground and stuff like that. So I don't know a whole lot about um hair sheep. Okay. Um, I do know that like one of the most well known breeds is the catadan, and mm-hmm. it was um they were bred specifically in the U.S. and they're like for meat. Yeah. Um, the other sheep, the that are wool sheep can be either a meat sheep, a wool sheep, or dual purpose. So, okay. and really, when it's, when I say it's um, just a wool sheep, any, you can eat any of them. Sure. It's just yeah. that there isn't as much meat on the bones and sure, that kind okay. of stuff. So, okay. it's just like... Eating a really skinny sheep, maybe, or you know, they're not just like bred.
1: a rooster compared to like a meat exactly. Cornish cross right? Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, a lot of the sheep that you'll find at like the four H fairs and that are raised in around here locally are like the Suffolk's and the um, uh, my mind is blank. Um, the the Dorsets. Yeah. And those sheep will um. They'll be, they, they grow fast okay. and they don't have, their hair does not grow very fast. Right. And it was kind of bred out because for the people that are meat producers, that wool is a bad product, bad byproduct. Sure. So then they have to spend money they have to, to shear. Exactly. They have yeah. to spend money to shear it and they have to get rid of it, dispose of it. Right. And it's not good for Spinning necessarily, so it just, I, know, so it just, just kind just... of is a yeah. It's it's a necessary evil kind of. Um, the people that want the wool, then you're gonna want a different. That's a whole different thing because you have to figure out like there's all different kinds of wool sheep. Like, yeah. do you want the ones, some of it doesn't grow like um, a merino. The wool doesn't necessarily grow very long, but it's, like, super fine. Okay. And there's some that, like, the Lester long wool has, the ones I have, have, like, different characteristics. It grows, it's really curly. Okay. And it's long. It grows, like, um, 10 to 13, 14 inches long. And it's really shiny and has a bright, like, luster to it. Huh but it's not quite as soft as a merino. It's more of a medium grade wool. Okay. So, and, and a lot of people will say, oh, they're allergic to wool, but really what they are allergic to, or they've just had like a really cheap wool that is maybe used for the wrong purpose. And so it's rougher against the skin.
1: And gives them the irritation, not
2: yes. necessarily the allergy. It's an irritation. Sure. Because yeah. if you look at a piece of wool under a microscope, it has like these scales on it. So basically how big these scales are and how big around that my, that piece of wool is, that fiber, right. is going to depend on, how, that's going to make it like itchy or not itchy. Right. If those scales are going to touch your
1: skin. Got so, it. and it makes it like felt better or not felt better and those kind of things. So. Hmm. So crazy. So, so a couple of years ago, we actually went to your place okay. for Shearing Day. I remember. It was so fun. But um, the, it's the lanolin that's mm-hmm. in it. It's so soft. It's literally amazing.
2: It is. I love, yeah, I love um, skirting my fleeces, my hands. Skir- so skirting a fleece is basically... And if we get into wool prep, that's like a whole – that'll be a whole other segment. <laughs> but, yeah, so when I'm processing my wool, the lanolin, it, your hands just feel awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really nice.
1: So. so I ordered lanolin to make for chapstick for mm-hmm. with my beeswax. And I, as soon as I opened it up, I instantly, like, smelled your shearing (laughs) day all over again. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's, you know, so you knew it was, like, you know, straight from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly smooth and soft. It's cool. It's wonderful.
2: So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess there's just different things you have to think about if you want sheep on your farm. You know, it's like, what do you want? What's your purpose? Do you want, are you just doing meat? Or are you... You know, do you want the wool them, them too? Or yeah. Do you want some of both?
1: And... So how often do you have to shear them? Do you do it like every month or once a year or?
2: Normally the sheep are sheared. For wool sheep, it's normally once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, with the long wools, because my wool, on my sheep, their wool grows so long that it can be sheared twice a year. Sure. So, um, and I do that once in a while where I will shear a few of them once in a while, but Getting a shear is kind of rough anymore. So, yeah. I mean, I have a person that comes down from up, kind of by Freeport, um, and b- pretty much when he when they say they can be there, I take them. Yeah, you, you know, I room. don't have much choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so if they happen to be coming through, like to go to the state fair or something like that, I might have them shear some in August. But so normally it's it's once a year. Okay. And then you can process, and you do it normally in the spring before they have babies, because it's better for the babies to be able to latch on and not have all that wool in the way.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Before they have the babies. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that does make sense. So.
0: I just think it around here, I I follow lots of people all over the world on Instagram. Thank you, Instagram. And a lot of them, like um, one of the big sheep farmers I follow is in Canada and one's out in California. And there's a couple, but it's all West. Mm-hmm. And around here, it's just not, it's, like we're just not big lamb consumers, right? I think that the bigger cities obviously are more of a lamb consumer because they have more of ethnicity, mm-hmm. but around here, I just it's just not popular. Not so much. Um, there's a, a
2: man that owns a store in Peoria that will buy lamb from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there ha- I know now they've never asked me, but there have been some um ethnic groups that have asked some friends of mine if they can come and like kill a lamb do like, a on their property lamb. and do mm-hmm. the yeah i don't know what the, all the thing is but yep. they do something yeah um normally what i do is and here's another difference between like the meat breeds and like an all purpose or a, a um dual purpose and a, a heritage breed the heritage breeds grow really slow so like some of like the dorsets and those they they'll they um take them to to the butcher at, like, six months.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, mine are about a year.
0: Okay. they grow. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. They grow really slow. There's They haven't been, like, bred. It's a, there's actually a pretty interesting history with the Lester Longwool. It was, like, developed as, like, the perfect sheep. Um, hmm. But, yeah, that's, a, again, a, maybe another story. I don't know. Unless you want me to tell you right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But it was, like, um, yeah, this man that developed, who's in a farm in, Bakewell, it was Robert Bakewell, it was in Dishley Grange in England and he was the first person that did genetics sure. like and so like selective breeding. Mm-hmm. So he developed like the perfect cow, the perfect sheep, the perfect pig and all this, and the Lester Longwell was the his perfect, perfect sheep. sheep. Yeah. So um what I do is I usually breed in the fall. Right. And then they have the babies in the spring. How long
1: is gestation? Usually? It's five
2: months. Oh okay. And I don't do showing and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. I know a lot of them that do. Like they want their babies born like in January, so oh, that they so get they're as ready for they're as big as possible. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I would just as soon not be out in my barn dealing it's with slamming. So oh, amen. You, know?
1: hey, <laughs> you got to worry about heat lamps and yeah. body temperature regulations. So and...
2: yeah, we have to put little. I've had to. Some born early when it's really cold and had to put little, like, make little blankets. I had to make, like, a little, like, bathrobe for the sheep, for the lamb, and out of flannel. It was really cute, though. I bet it was.
1: (laughs) Do you use the wool that you get from them to like felt together a blanket? So it's like no, because
2: I would be afraid. That the moms are so funny about the
0: smells. Oh I'm really? I would be afraid that yeah. it would they
2: would bother. Yeah, no, I just I used like um, some old flannel and I, I did Perfect. another one out of fleece. Yeah, like like a fleece blanket, not like yeah, fleece. Yeah, 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 right. So yeah, so then when we. Shear the share them, and then they have the babies in March, and then like, we grow them out like about a year, and then I usually take um, the rams, unless there's one that I'm, I'm, and I sell breeding stock too. Sure. So yeah. unless there's some that I really am kind of really nice, you have to be really particular about the rams, especially when there's so few of the sheep in the in the world, because a ram can throw some bad genetics and get it spread pretty far. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. Sure. So um. Then you take the ones that you don't want and you weather them. Mm-hmm. So, a ewe is a female sheep, a ram is a male sheep, and a weather is a neutered male. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. So, anyway, so then you take the, those and you weather them right away, and then um, you grow those out. And then I usually sell them mostly to in- individuals. I usually have a waiting list for people okay. that want the lamb, and then I just deliver them to the market and they deal with it from there and they just pay me like live weight or hanging weight hanging weight, or, yeah. hanging weight.
0: that's cool the, and so, i bet that they weather them because they taste better when they're well and you don't have to deal as you're as hormones. you're yeah you yeah. Don't have to deal with those
2: hormones as yeah. they're growing out and I, it gives me more flexibility i can keep them in with the use if i need mm-hmm. to yeah and, not worry
1: about an accidental oops
2: uh-huh. yeah yeah Because if you got rammed, you have to be really careful. Like, if you try to reintroduce them, like, they will fight each other, like, really bad. Sure.
0: Yeah. And
2: I've had one kill one before, another ram.
0: Shoot. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a real thing. Yep. Cows do it, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Male hormones are pretty feisty. Yeah. Even in men.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I do want to talk about this, of how you prep the wool from shearing it off Yeah. to, like, I'm ready to knit a blanket. Okay. I know it's kind of lengthy, and I know that it takes a long time. So it takes more time than I have. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, right, the first thing I do when we shear it is I it's called skirting it. Yeah. And I have a skirting table, which is basically a 2 by 4 frame that's covered with chicken wire. Mm-hmm. And it's on just sitting up on legs and so you lay it all out on there and then you kind of go around the outside and you take away and throw out like anything that was like the belly wall anything that's really nasty like if there's like the, you know, tags around the butt and Mm -hmm. tags, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff you definitely throw away. Some of the stuff that's on the belly, if it's just kind of not real good and coarse, I kind of can separate that sometimes if I have a need for it because you can make that, like, into dryer
1: balls and things, like, that you don't, you know, aren't going to really spin. Do you have to, like, does it matter how it's sheared? Like, I know that I think that last or when we were there, If they got it all off in one sheet, that was good. It is. But if they got it off in, like, if it broke or if it was in different chunks and it was like... (sighs) It's just a little bit easier to skirt it. Okay. Because you kind of know...
2: You can lay it out and you just kind of know, okay, I'm going to take all this. This has to be the belly. And usually when they're shearing, they throw away, like, the leg wool and stuff because it's so tiny and it's not really, Mm -hmm. you know... And usually we'll try to take the stuff, like, right around their butt and throw that away right away also because... You know, but usually you still, there's clean. stuff that right. stuff gets in there. So you got to clean all that out first, and then right down the middle of the back, a lot of times there'll be a lot of um, like vegetable matter mm-hmm. because when they'll eat, they'll take it with their mouth when they're taking a bite of hay, and they kind of pull it, and it kind of throws it on the one next to them, kind <laughs> of. Funny. So we got to clean all that out, and. I am kind of well-known for my how well-skirted my fleece are. So if you're going to buy a fleece, just kind of look it over really good. Like, everybody doesn't skirt the same way. Mm-hmm, so sure. you might find a lot of vegetable matter in there. Hmm. or And that's just more work for the person. It's more to... work for the person yeah. that's bought it. Yeah. I actually just, it's I like skirting. You're sitting outside, you get that lanolin all over your hands, you put... A book on or a podcast on. Yeah. And yeah. you just kinda like sit out for the afternoon and like play with the wool and it's fun. So um but anyway, so that's the first thing you do is you you get the usable wool, the good sure. the good wool out of that. Then um you have to wash it after that. And to wash it it's basically like soaking it in hot water in smaller amounts. You don't you can't do a huge amount of thing at once. And you have to soak it in hot, hot soapy water to get the grease out that lanolin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is there any way to like? I mean, obviously, since people can bottle it, but is there like a way to separate that out? Yeah. So that you have it. There is. I don't know
2: how to do it, but I know that there is a way to do it. Um, There's another way that you can get it out. You basically ferment the fleece, and I've never done that before. But it's actually something I'm going to try this summer. And okay. And I don't know if you can get the lanolin, if the lanolin separates that way or not.
0: Well, if you think about it, it like this is just science in my brain. So if you're soaking it in hot water
1: when and that's going to go come to out, the
0: then your grease would separate from your water. Yeah, but you use, hot, you use like soap and the soap dissolves the grease. Okay. Yeah. So even so when if I you still wash
1: like, it, even if you just like soak, like, you know what I mean? Without like, you soak, soap like, maybe? soak a dirty pan in just water wouldn't it, wouldn't some it of might, it come it, up to the t- yeah, I, don't I don't know i don't know either it just does guessing. with beeswax It does <laughs> yeah have, yeah yeah i'm not sure i've never tried it my
2: my goal has always been to try to get the fleece as clean sure, sure, sure. as quickly as possible so but yeah um yeah so basically you soak it in hot water you have to then rinse it you have to be really careful not to felt it and it can felt by just a the difference in the temperature change mm. because remember how I was talking about those scales well when you're doing that hot water the scales relax the wool yeah. relaxes and it opens yeah. up and then if you would shock it with cold water they close up real tight and quick and then it gets caught on yeah. the wool next to it and that's what you don't want to happen
1: hmm. what so, happens
2: if that does is it just pretty much like, you ruined? have felted wool like it's all stuck together oh. and if, once wool is like felted it's like next to impossible to get it apart no <laughs>
0: So, so that's, like, when you would get, like, like when you get, like, a little felt ball and things. Right. Like that. That's when you're felting on purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 But this is that not felting. Yes.
2: <laughs> no. That would not be felting I, on purpose. Honest,
0: I got that part. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So you just, you, you would then just rinse it until the water came out clean. Yeah. And then you have to lay it out to dry. And then at that point, you can cart it. Yes, where you take the brushes, right? Is that that's those are hand carters, okay. And the carding basically separates the wool. So, yeah, those are hand carters, and that works it. I have a really takes a really long time. Um, I have a drum carter. I have a couple drum carters actually. I have an electric one and a, a hand crank. so awesome. and you feed them through and it goes on a big drum, and then it it yeah so it cards the wool and you can actually then blend it and blend different colors in there if you want to do do that um you can also comb it It went from the locks and the combs are these big i don't know, like freddy krueger hands kind of you know yeah and you pull it loose like you pull it through there and it basically straightens out like all the fibers yeah cool. and then you have to take it off though yeah so combed can be really good for like like the Lester long wools because it like can keep things um in line and you can also put it through a pin drafter which um just again keeps all the fibers all lined up mm-hmm. um and and then you can dye the wool at any point along the way okay so you can you can dye it well not raw you can't dye it but you can dye it after it's washed you can dye it after it's carded um then you pull it into rovings or whatever that's basically like how you take you're taking it off of the mm-hmm. um drum carder and then you spin it and then you ply it and then you knit with it that's so cool. yeah so and i sell it in all different stages so i sell it raw off the sheep I some people want a whole fleece because they want to just deal with it yeah some buy it kited um or uh skirted skirted mm-hmm. some buy it cut you know washed some buy
1: it buy it when it's kited and yes yeah that's cool there's a lot that goes
0: into it that people don't realize well, sure. and you right.
1: and you were saying you know I think when you were first explaining this to me that your washer that you have to have to wash the wool mm-hmm. is like a regular washer like a washing machine, right? But
2: yeah, it doesn't so,
1: have an agitator in it.
2: Yeah, so I use that when you're doing a large amount like that. Yeah. I have a right, it's a washing machine that you don't have the agitator. You just put it in there and it you just put it on the spin cycle. Okay. And so what it does is it helps get a lot of that extra moisture out like right off the bat and sure. then you lay it out to dry. So Hmm. Yeah, that's
0: cool.
1: (gasps) This is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I love it. It's It's, fun. That's fun.
0: But there is like, I mean, even when you go to like the Spoon River Drive, I know that like lots of places have like the people... Intense, they're doing stuff, or even can... I've seen
1: people spinning in Spoon River Drive. Before. Yeah,
2: so like I'm in a guild, and there's a couple guilds in the area. There's Prairie Fiber Arts Guild, and there's Bishop Hill Fiber Guild, and I've okay. been members of both of them, and we do demonstrations. Sure. Like that. Yeah. So we were at Forest Park for Earth Day. Oh. Like, so cool. a few years ago, and, yeah, so we were at Jubilee State Park for something, and Renaissance thing, or whatever, and, yeah, yeah you just do demonstrations.
0: I remember the first time I ever saw it was Pioneer Days. Yeah. Third grade. Okay. Third yep. Third. At Summer Park. Yeah. That's what I saw. I was so. like, no way. You're telling me it doesn't come in a ball? I know. <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah. It's
1: cool. I mean... I don't even remember. I think I was at Panera once, and I saw, like, Oh, that's a little... my group. <laughs> Friday mornings. This could have been us 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> it was me, the one that was literally ignoring everybody else and just staring at the I spinners. was probably there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Ooh. Oh, it was meant to be. Yeah, that's oh, funny. Oh, that's incredible.
2: And then the first time I met you was at Panera. It was. <laughs>
1: Well, there you go, kids. It was fate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So you have a whole bunch of sheep and you have a whole bunch of land Um, and they are lawnmowers. But is there like a lot of, ex- I mean, there's some expenses to go into things like this because like the shears that we talked about right you but have I mean, yeah you have, really because they don't have a lot of food that they go through right? well
2: you have to feed them in the winter and sure. hay is harder and harder to come by i don't you know the weinegers <laughs> <laughs> i've i've had a really hard time getting decent hay unless i bought and i have like five hundred dollars of hay sitting in my barn right now that they won't eat I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know. But, yeah, um, because it was like a waterway hay and really like a grass hay. I mean, alfalfa is good, but I had grass hay that I bought from somewhere up by Yates City. And they loved that more than anything. Yeah. And, Yeah. So yeah, the hay, and then um, you need to feed them some corn or feed. A lot of times, you can just give them corn in the winter. You don't have to necessarily do feed. Mm -hmm. Now the lambs when they're born, um, we will feed them a little bit supplement, like feed. Oh sure, you know, use them Mm supplement. Yeah, Um, but it doesn't take very much because the moms are really, you know. Again, it depends on the breed, but in general, the moms are really uh, usually pretty good mothers you'll you'll have one that'll reject you know one of the lambs and you have to deal with that Um, bottle babies bottle babies we've done bottle babies we've also done where you um tie the mom up so many times a day like keep them in a smaller pen and Mm -hmm. then i put one of those halters on them and tie them up and make her stand still for the baby to nurse and sometimes eventually after that nurse after that milk goes through the body a few times, sure, she recognizes that lamb and she will let it nurse. Sometimes like she all doesn't the hormones
1: and stuff mm-hmm. that finally
2: yeah. kick in, yeah. And sometimes she doesn't. And we've had to put like do that during the day and then during the night, especially when the baby's so little, we'll put her in a, a jug, which is like a it's almost like this put we'll put a piece of of like uh wood caddy corner in like the um. The stall and put the mom's head in. It's kind of like a keyhole thing, so she can lay up and down and get up and down, but she can't like get away from the baby and she can't hurt the baby. Right? Sure. So we'll do that like for eight hours at night, so we can sleep. Sure. You know what but I mean? Yeah. But so like, the baby, but like
1: force introduction to where they're
2: safe. Everybody's safe. And the babies are the babies get fed. The mom is not hurt. She can get up and down, and this food and water right there in front of her. Right. She can, she's okay. She can lay down. She can stand up and she's just the baby we make her available to the baby so the baby can eat yeah you know and then during the day we let him go and we'll just like make her stand still sure the baby and sometimes that happens until the baby's weaned i mean there's some moms that don't ever take take
1: wean them well, I mean, I mean, like yeah. naturally
2: versus. Well, I, I naturally, mean, I, guess, like, I don't really pay attention because they're out in the pasture and. Okay, you
1: know, so. I'll be like know. six,
2: maybe six weeks. Oh, okay. Eight weeks. I didn't know so. six to eight weeks. What it's like? We try to get them on, uh, as soon as they can start sure. eating enough, yeah. and we'll bottle feed to be sure they have. We we'll, we need to make sure they have the colostrum and that kind of stuff right, right. off the bat, and. Um, there are <clears throat> i have some of my other breeders that i know that have had some luck like making another mom accept a baby but it's not real easy to do that you basically have to have one that's born like almost at exact the same time right. oh gosh you have to yeah. kind of clean one off you take the afterbirth of the one mom and, put it on and you other... put it on the other uh-huh. one so that it smells
0: like that one and i knew i watched uh an instagrammer and she you know she's got huge barn full mm-hmm. but that's how she does if she has any rejects it's she goes and takes it they have she has all the moms that are still that had stillborns mm-hmm. and oh, like keeps yeah. them aside keeps them... just in case she has a rejected yeah. mom then she does can the do trading mm-hmm. yeah
2: and so that you know again that can work I mean we have such a small operation that I usually just do the bottle thing yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah, and that's I didn't
1: even think about that
2: though it's mm-hmm. a lot so you have to, you have that. So you have to have, um, you have to have the feed for them. Um, summers are usually really good. By August, um, you normally have to start supplementing with hay mm-hmm. around here, unless the weather's just happens to be perfect for you. Um, and we can usually, you know, as soon as the pastures green up again in the spring, you get them back out. So in the summer, it's just fresh water. And we do have automatic heated waterers in the barn. So that is really nice. Yeah. Um, but we have kept some out to pasture, um, in the winter with, they have shelter, of course, that they can go right. to, but they would prefer to be outside. I mean, it'll be freezing, icy, snowy, whatever, and the sheep are outside.
1: Well, they literally have a wool coat on.
2: They do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're fine. So, um, so we do have like the electric heaters that go in the big tubs. Yeah, so, sure. <clears throat> so that works too. Even if there's just like a small place for them to get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, other than that, you have to do, um like medication sometimes. Yeah. Um we um do CDT twice a year, which is uh to me what it stands for. The T is tetanus. I don't know, we could look it up, but it's something called yeah, it's called CDT um and it's you, you need to do that um twice a year and that's again for their protection. Sure. Um we don't do like antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. I d- actually don't do wormers unless they're sick. Yeah. Like I only we use the formation method. So a worming which is basically it um prevents against the what's that one worm? Barberpole. It's hmm. a barber pole worm and it can be really dangerous to sheep. Yeah. and goats and it basically like sucks their blood and the FAMASHA method is you kind of look at their eyelids yeah. and look for anemia and so like if they're light colored or white mm-hmm. then they don't and okay. there's like a little card like I went to some training for it and got certified oh interesting and yeah there's a card that you're supposed to match it up against like the color so like you hmm. have to keep the card protected so it doesn't get faded by sunlight sure Oh like sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the idea and the reason we don't just, like, you know, proactively do the worming like you do, like, on dogs and cats is because, like, the there's going to be... You're never going to get rid of all of them. Right. So right. It, it's like the sheep has to be healthy and they're going to have to live in, like, this symbiotic relationship. So if you keep treating them all the time, then you're just killing off the ones that are, you know... The weak ones. The weak ones. Yeah. And all the ones that are resistant are going to just live. And so then they're going to go out into the pasture and they're going to shed. Yeah. And the worms are going to multiply. So basically you're just breeding these mm. super the bad resistant yeah. worms. And so <clears throat> if you only treat the sheep that are sick, then it makes the population where you can treat them when they really do get sick and then so what we do is when we, we treat them and we treat any that are sick and then you put them out in a pasture and then you let them shed those and then you move them and then you like cut the pasture down really low and then the heat and the sun and all that oh, like them so. oh, sure mm-hmm. So it, it's, idea. yeah, it's, you have to be more intentional about it. That's why, like, we have all of our space divided up into all these pastures. So we use pasture, you know, pasture management and we mm-hmm. graze and we rotate and stuff like that. But that's like, well, you know, Leanne has been to my farm. That's why we have all those different pastures yeah. Yeah. like that.
0: So, yeah. So. yeah. Someday, like, our life goal is to have that for our cows. Yeah. <laughs> but it Whoa. will never happen ever. Sarah but, yeah.
1: from uh, So the Soul, that's what they did with their feeder pigs. Yeah, that they had rotational uh things, and I think they said that the worms or something like that stay on top of it if you rotate them every 28 days, yeah, or like s- something like that, or that they don't go back in that space until 28 days later, right. mm-hmm. yeah, then you that's not an issue, yeah, there's a cycle to it, yeah. and then again,
2: and then we mow it down, yeah, and it also helps them eat like the sheep will want, they'll eat like what they want first. Sure. And so if you put them in this great big pasture, they're just going to eat all the good stuff. Yeah. And if you put them in, like, a smaller one, then sure. they'll eat the other stuff, too, and then you can move them on. So Yeah. So anyway, so you might need some warming medicines. Just on backup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always have um, B-complex on hand yes. mm-hmm. for just if somebody is stressed for some reason, right. I give them B-complex. Um you might need to do, they can get like a little, like a mite. It's not really like a flea, but it's a, it's like a little mite. And if you see them itching a lot. Yeah. So you'll put some of that on their back. Again, only when needed. Sure. Um, what about foot care? So oh, you yeah. do have to trim their feet twice a year. Sure. We, we check them more often than that. We usually only have to trim them a couple times a year sometimes if somebody has like stepped on something but we don't have really rocky pastures or anything so we don't have that much problem right but you may have to if you see somebody limping or you know you may want to check them um so um you have to trim like it's just like a big clippers and you trim and pull it back away from their
1: okay but how though
0: I just so oh, look
1: when I was out there, and you were like, "Go chase them into this field." And I'm like, "Okay." They like booked it. They were came up to me because they were curious, and yeah. then I said, "Okay." And then they were like, "And they dipped." So no, how do you get it? so we bring them into the and in, we bring them into the barn, trick them, yeah. Okay. Well.
2: They, like, you shake a bucket with feed. Yeah. This is another reason to feed them sometimes. Like yeah. So every they want to so come. So they want to yeah. come. They hear that sound. Yeah. Or, you know, you have a call for them. Like, guys are, here, yeah, here, here. So they know to come. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of have it figured out where they put them in this little gate area and then we can pull them to this gate area you know and so we just kind of have it set up and then we'll have like the working space when we're going to chuck them over and do their hooves and all that and we have a sheep chair um i need to
0: know it's (laughs) i'm excited about this i'm ready for it i was not prepared for it. i was not
1: prepared
2: okay so i'm trying to think of the easiest way to explain this so what were those like? What do they call a travoid that the Indians used to pull behind horses, behind the horse? You know what I'm talking about? Where it was like
0: low to the ground. Low and to it the was ground, like, yeah. and
2: two. There were like two bars, mm-hmm. and then like a leather or something in yeah. between. Okay, so like a stretcher. Kind of like a, kinda kind like of, a stretcher. Yeah. Okay, like an old so, like comic book
1: stretcher. Yeah. Okay.
2: So think about like those two bars like yeah. that, except on one end are hooks. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And instead of, like, that leather in the bit between, it's like a net, like a hammock okay. in between. Okay? So we have those two hooks sitting up on a fence. Sure. And the we take the sheep and we back it up to it and push them in. And so the sheep's laying there on its butt like this with this, their feet... Hanging up in the air. And the sheep, and you don't have to have a chair, it's just easier for us. Yeah, Like when you put a sheep like on their butt, they pretty much just kind of sit there. That's yeah. how
1: you're supposed to shear them too. Right. Yeah. 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 So It's very funny how yeah. they just kind of manhandle like, them and they just like bloop. Oh yeah. And they're fine with it. They don't really care. But so yeah. their feet would be up in the air then. So their so feet that are, that are up in the air it.
2: so then you can, yeah, so you can check them, you can check their mouths if you need to, just kind of mm. check for any... Whatever, just check the general out. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, I mean, we have, another thing you need is a fat, a sheep vet. I mean, it's not easy to find a sheep vet around here. Like, ours sure. is 30 miles away. Who you do know? you use? Um, Green Haven and San Joe's. Yeah but oh, that. yeah clueless yeah but well there's other bats, but they're not very familiar with sheep sure yeah. even a lot of the ones that do like farm animals are mainly like cattle cattle or mm-hmm. horses or pigs. And yeah.
0: pigs yeah so right yeah
2: um but the good thing is is i do most of our vetting ourselves like sure so they'll call us and or we can call them and they can right say well come this is what she needs like if i had a you with mastitis they're like oh that you need to, you know, insert this in the tee, come pick it up. Or we, yeah. You know, mm. so you can do that. Right. Um. So anyway, so yeah, so when they're laying on their back like that, then you can shear on their butt. You can clip their nails and check them all over. Right. And um, if you do need to give them, like, any shots or anything, that's when you can do that because it's easy to give them. There's a place in the skin, like, between their leg. Yeah. Like, in their belly is a good place to give, like, the eye. The sub-Q, which is, like, you give Shati the sub-Q, I am, like, in right. muscular or right. Breath. So, like, most of them are, are sub-Q, like, that kind of stuff in the sheep.
1: I just, will you send me a picture the next time you have this sheep in this little sheep <laughs> shit Because I just feel like it's probably the funniest little thing. You know. I'm like, just picturing, like, a Wallace and Gromit sheep, just like.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm picturing? Zootopia yeah uh, you know the sheep in Zootopia yeah. and they're little and like I can just see him like where's my latte you know like that shit and he's just like sitting there like that's what I picture yeah. this is bad sorry I watch okay. Zootopia a lot with my children yes
2: so yeah
0: so let's see other than that
2: I'm trying to think what else um I have halters and I try I halter train any ram I'm gonna keep yeah, that's smart. That's, yeah. And I do it when they're little, yeah. so that when I need to move a ram, mm-hmm. I just put a halter on him and walk him somewhere.
0: Now, goat rams smell bad. Do sheep rams smell bad? Well, not like goat rams do.
2: Okay. A, a ram will still smell rammy, yeah. but not, not as bad as a goat. As a go ram, not nearly like that. Odd so. question, I know, but yeah, just wondered. You do have to if you're gonna have a ram, you'd need to have separate pens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be sure of that. And the sheep, and it's really good to have a weather with him because sheep are herd animals. Yeah, they would be sad. You don't want to just makes one me,
1: lone sheep. Mm-hmm, yeah, is
2: not a good thing. I th- yeah, I don't. That's that makes me sad. Um, it's good, but, um, and you always need to be careful. Um, a ram is a ram. Strong. And they'll butt you. Or they might, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I have only been butted once. And it was when I first the first year I had sheep and we had this really gentle ram and he was super sweet and really nice. And but I got in to clean the pen when they were breeding and he was in there and none of the girls were there, but it was his face hmm. and I and he butted me. Not bad. Yeah. I wasn't hurt bad. Well, he ended up hitting my knee. I turned sideways. I should have moved to the side. But, again, I was a novice. Yeah. You know. Hmm. So. That's crazy. But, yeah. So, but even the ones, like, I had this, um, one of my rams that I just loved. I had him forever. His name was Theo. And he was, like, so sweet. And he would, like, just follow me around like a little puppy dog on the lead. But, um. Even as sweet as he was, and he would love to have his ears scratched and his chin and Mm -hmm. all that, I would never like turn my back on him. You just never, yeah, never one hundred percent trust a ram. They're still a ram.
1: That's when they Hmm. trick you.
0: Yikes! So, yeah, this is I'm. I dig it. I feel like I know more now. I was gonna say, do you feel comfortable like that? You could bring home a sheep. Well, my husband does want to do a 4-H oh. sheep with mm-hmm. my girls. Yeah. They're 8, 6, and 3. Yeah. Okay, we got time. Yeah. But I'm like, you're going to bring this home and I am going to be of no help to you. Like, I got nothing. Yeah. I feel very <laughs> well, confident call me. about sheep now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like... know that, I know food. Yeah. I know what food they can eat. And that's about it. That's about all I got. So I'm glad that now I know. Yeah. Well, That's and you cool. do need to dock their tails for health yes. for health purposes. I've heard this. Yes. Eat them? No, dock them like you, like cut them off. Yeah, because well, cause I don't the, cut other them off. Will, like, well, the, the other sheep will eat circulation. them. Circulation. I banned it. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Because the other sheep will eat them. No, Why? because
2: because wool the wool grows on there, and when they poop. Then it can stick to the tail. Oh, it's for health purposes. Like, okay, and they yeah. can get... If you ever get fly strike, that oh, is nasty, yeah. okay, nasty, okay. nasty. Clean no, I just area. didn't know. I didn't know.
1: Like, yeah. I thought sheep no. were, like, vegetarians. I didn't think that they would, like, go cannibalistic on a tail. No,
0: no. But it's I just for, It's
1: for health purposes. So, you,
2: it really is important.
0: Okay. So. I've seen... Um, there was... There's one out in California, and she doesn't. But they're literally checking their sheep every morning and so I don't know why they don't other than that but
2: well I had when I first bought my flock I had a ram that came with the flock mm-hmm. because it was kind of a rescue it wasn't this woman's it was one that got kind of thrown in and yeah and but it was a less to long one, mm-hmm. and um but it its tail was not docked and I we it was we were like worried about it like all the time like we took it to the vet and or had the vet actually come out to the farm and we're like okay do we need to dock this as an adult and he's like I've never seen one with this much hair that has not because like I wonder why they didn't do it and I'm like I don't know but and they decided the vet decided not to do it because he was so old at that point, yeah, yeah. you know. But we really did have to watch him and wash him, and it was
1: mm-hmm. intense. Yeah, yeah. extra care. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, but in general, other than that, like when you're doing the that kind of stuff, like the nails and all that, they're pretty low maintenance. That's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and you can really, especially when you get them young, they can really. And, again, the breed matters. Right. Um, but they can be just super friendly, and they're like big pets.
1: So you had said earlier that they don't challenge fences, but, like, do they, I mean, what kind of, do you... does it have to be a high fence? I mean, what, no, I wouldn't.
2: No. We use, um, like, when we just move them around the yard sometimes or in different parts, like, not necessarily up the house, but other parts of our yard that aren't pastured, um, we just use those portable mm-hmm. white fences that... They're like net fences. It's like a net yeah. fence. It stands it's like, like this tall. I can yeah. see them, right? It is electric if you turn it on. We usually don't turn can it on because they see it. Yeah, they see it and they know it's they're not supposed to go through it. The only time we ever actually turn them on is when there's lambs. Because the lambs don't know that they're not... Sure. Yeah, so they might go up and touch it and then get their nose. And it takes just a few times and then... So we don't they're even bother it. hooking the electric up for yeah. adult sheep. Huh. And they're not that tall. I step over them.
0: Sure, right, okay. Well, I'd just, say like um, I'd say like a full-grown ram of like one of the more common show breeds probably would get up to my waist or so. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. And
2: mine aren't. My rams will get heritage breed smaller. Yeah, my well, my rams will get two to three hundred pounds. Yeah. And My ewes, my ewes will be like one hundred fifty to two hundred pounds. So, they're a medium sure. size. Okay. So, they're not small, but they're real calm
1: and mellow. and That's cool. Yeah. Have you... Okay. So, I know that you probably have had lamb before. Mm-hmm. You know, because you... Have you had, like, mutton ram? I have, actually. What do you do with... Do you...
2: Well, up? when I... I have not eat, I haven't butchered one of mine. Sure. That was that old. Um but when i was at the um one of the sheep conferences that i went to um one of the people that was putting on the conference had a ram that was mean yeah and kept butting other rams and butting her or other or people and she was like that's it yeah and he was like older like four or five years old and so yeah, she took them to, she butchered him, and um, they served, they made, like, um, basically it was, like, stewed, um, stewed meat with, like, Greek spices, and then we ate it, like, kind of gyro-style, Yeah, with, like, feta cheese, and cucumber, yeah, and zika, and, yeah. yeah, and it was good, and it did not taste too gamey, so, or again, or it wasn't tough, because sure. it stewy, yeah. yeah. But again, the different breeds are different. Sure. So sure, sure, sure. like if you would eat a like a Dorset that was that old, it Probably would be bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm excited to try new things. So
0: I think we might have had lamb chops like one Easter when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. My mom got it at Aldi on a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> and that That's is me. the extent. I'm that and mom. then I uh when I went to Greece with my yeah. friend, we would have like, it, the, we'd get euros down the street for a dollar and a half a piece, you know? So, like, I just eat because I'm like, I'm eating in, in Athens. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm eating. But yeah, that's the extent of my lamb cuisine. Yeah, no, I
2: mean, we usually have it like at Christmas. And mm-hmm. my husband is, he likes to cook on the smoke. He's a big smoker and mm-hmm. he cooks it on the smoker and it's like really good. Or,. One of my sons is, like, he loves to, like, make up all these recipes, and he actually is, I mean, he's a pretty good cook. Yeah. Know, and no, <laughs> yeah, no, they do really good food. Um, And he'll take it and makes put slices of, like, um, garlic yeah. and rosemary and lemon, and it's yeah, it's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do like it.
1: Yeah. A friend um, of mine had told me that um, fennel, fennel and rosemary will cut... Some of the game-y I think it's supposed to be, it. yeah,
2: fennel is supposed to be good for the gamey or to get cut some of that gamey I'm excited. taste I'm... out for the older, like the older ones. So yeah, try it and see. Let me
1: know. It's in a lot of Greek food. Mm-hmm. Fennel yeah. Oh yeah. Jake was like drooling about looking up like Euro recipes. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's very excited about it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good to use. So how can people learn about your farm? Tell us how people can get I get in contact with you we will just see what you do how can yeah see what you do? so
2: I used to have a website and then I started this business and it kind of took over my life so that website was gone um so right now um, <laughs> I plan on getting it back again that's like in my in my game plan but right now the best thing to do is just email me okay. um and we do farm tours and I do like all different kinds of stuff. I do, like, spinning lessons, because I spin the wool, of course. We do, I do spinning lessons cool. and knitting lessons. And just, I've done homeschool groups at my farm. And the treatment whole kindergarten classes came out for a field trip one year. And That's cool. <laughs> two years ago, I think it was, one of the third grade, all the third grade came out for the day. And anyway, um, so email me at um, arts at yahoo.com. Cool. So, and again, just... Yeah, I'll be happy to give any information and I would love to talk to people. I love to talk to people about my sheep.
0: That's fun. Well, thank so, you. This yeah. was cool. Well, thanks, you guys, for having so me good. on here. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can
0: find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. If you want to visit the Weininger Farms, you can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weininger Farms. Or jump over to our website at weiningerfarms.com. See you later!